0: Well, boils and ghouls, it's time to gather round us, horrifying Hunter, petrified Preston, and devish Dan, crack open another cursed volume of tales from the crypt. This is Horrors from the Vault. <laughs>
1: Welcome, kitties, to Horrors from the Vault. My name is Horrifying Hunter, and I'll be one of the three shadowy figures leading you into the dark and haunted corridors of this very vault. Tonight, we're cracking open our fifth tome of Season 2 with "Three's a Crowd, an episode all about the dangers of letting your rich friend anywhere near your significant other. But before we can venture fully into the vault, let me introduce you to my co hosts Hey, what's going on, Petrified Preston? Heyo, what is up boys post
2: Halloween? We're still going strong, man. This is uh, quite the episode. I'm looking forward to uh, digging into it, let's say. Come on.
1: Oh, okay. Come on, Mm -hmm. Bob the Builder. I'm getting Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. And then also joining us, of
0: course, is Devilish Dan. Yo, what's going on? I'm glad to be back. We're gonna talk about some dude that wants to watch his wife get cuckolded, but not really, because he gets angry about it. Dan, Hello.
1: as as someone who uh, understands <laughs> the dangers of having rich friends, what is your best advice on how to cut those people out of your life?
0: Uh don't have rich friends apparently because um, all my friends are pretty much <laughs> dirt bags so uh, <laughs> I mean, not dirt bags but no one's got a fucking uh... You know, we're nation. talking
1: paps blue ribbon we're yeah. talking two dollar green tea whiskey shots on wednesdays Listen,
0: <laughs> no one's got no one's got a, a a cabin in the woods that they're letting me come to for the weekend for our anniversary party or anything like that well, what's the we're all doing very point? fine all of our friends are fine no one's broke sometimes that's all that matters as we joke so. a couple
1: of episodes back none of us are retiring anyway it's fine no
0: we have a retirement plan by the way it just involves um knowing when we're gonna be almost out of money and then blowing that all rest of the amount of money on a uh, drug-fueled trip oh that's perfect <laughs> yeah and then just in the heavens yeah pre- pretty much
1: you're gonna have like Nikki six there to guide you into the great beyond i mean hopefully he's
0: well gone by the time we get there but i I
1: thought i thought your plan was just to do what i'm planning on doing which is just retiring anywhere that is not the united states like finding (laughs) anywhere with a cheaper cost of living and going there instead
0: that's that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, just like sell so, like we both have pretty hefty collections, and we can just sell most of our shit, and then just go live in the backwoods of Greenland or something.
1: Oh, I like that, Preston. How do you feel Damn. about Greenland? I I'm down. I mean, I,
2: I yes yes oh, absolutely.
0: Okay. <laughs> shit. Right, well, hey. If you want to send us any money, uh, we're going to start the Horrors from the Vault uh, Patreon, and uh, we're going to make a compound in Greenland for (laughs) just us and Maybe you can come visit if you are the right tier. Horrors from the vault. We won't, <laughs> uh,
1: we won't lead you on. We won't make you buy pre-order product and then nope. maybe never ship it out, or <laughs> ship it out six, seven months after the fact. We just aren't giving you anything. We do the mm. show out of the. I guess we're giving you that, um, but you are not getting anything else. We're we're not promising <laughs> you any sort of merchandise. You don't have to worry about anything showing up to your home. Um, just give us your money.
0: At least we're. I mean, that about being it. said. If we do ever put anything out, we will fulfill it. But right now, you get fuck all.
1: That's right. And don't <laughs> worry. If we ever take your money, we will make sure that it goes where it needs to. Uh, we will. We promise that to you. Hards from the vault. Pass it all. <laughs> this Perconis. got weird. <laughs> Three's a crowd, gentlemen. Season two, episode five aired on May 1st of 1990. Wow this is an episode and that's all I'm going to say for now. (laughs) Preston, let's talk a little bit about the comic source because like always, we've got to dive into your personal house of horror.
2: Well, you know, this might've been the fifth episode of the second season and it was number 11 in shock, suspense stories, but fellas, this is number one in tales of the cuck. Uh, that that can certainly <laughs> be said. Um, <laughs> tales wow,
0: from um, the that's going to be a, a whole spinoff series. Let's do it.
2: Tales from the cuck. Um, yeah, that's what this uh, this is what this episode is, and that's what this comic is as well. However, man, is the episode better than the comic? I mean, wow! I kind of. I kind of got ahead of that in uh in our last episode, kind of kind of, you know, spoiling my thoughts on that. You know, this is ultimately a very basic story. Um, this one's actually quite a short one. Um, it was actually, I felt like it was a few pages shorter than our previous story. I don't know if that's a fact. Maybe it was just me kind of reading through it, but it sure seemed that way. There are definitely some plot changes, there's a different ending. There, there is some some huge variations between this original comic and the uh, the show itself, and it's so interesting. We've mentioned this a few times, guys, but you know, I, I would love to know kind of where where their minds were in regards to going through these stories and being like, okay, this is one that we want to adapt into our show. You know, because reading this on paper, I I don't like think that this would have jumped off the page at me like oh yes we need this in live action but damn i thought they improved what was there and uh you know maybe made something special we'll get to that soon but um yeah once again this is of course shock suspense uh, stories that is number 11 Um, You know, I haven't really mentioned this previously, but this is definitely available on Hoopla. If you are available for that, maybe through your public library, absolutely for free. And uh, by the way, this is from October of 1953. Fellas, thoughts on this one?
0: This was 100% written by some guy who had a friend that had a car phone and the guy was real jealous (laughs) of that car phone.
2: Dude, I didn't mention the car phone. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) That's mostly what this story seems to be about. Is the car phone. You're a hundred percent. They put so much emphasis on the damn car phone. I didn't realize that car phones were available in the fifties and sixties. Like it's, I thought that was more of like a eighties and nineties thing. But I, I guess the the base technology was probably available, probably available back then. But yeah, that, and they th- this focused too much on that. <laughs>
2: they they say that it works through the radio, so there there's something something going on there. But you are exactly right. Somebody was damn jealous that somebody else had a phone because, boy, yeah, there there was a lot of attention on that uh, in in this particular episode. And i I will just say, I really like I really like the changes that they made because it was. Like I said, it was this was just so basic on paper, um, and they really made some shifts in the show itself that that really elevated it. I think, and and we will get there. But the performances, in particular, the one lead male performance, so much better in the show than than what they are able to get across uh, within these
0: pages of the text. Hundred percent. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that. I don't want to talk about
1: any of this story just yet. We'll get there. (laughs) Um, You guys have covered it. My only note in here was car phone. (laughs) Like, literally (laughs) just single word car phone um so now that that's out of the way i will say uh if you like always if you enjoy this episode go read the source material and even if you didn't like this episode go check it out because it is interesting enough to see all the twists and turns that happened. this was a uh, not a straightforward adaptation car phone <laughs> dan hit me with that top billing
0: uh last week was a little rough this week is not that much better but i have a feeling the week after might get a little bit stronger so we'll see we'll see all right, three's a crowd writers kim stephen kettleson literally two credits total on imdb this and the philadelphia experiment too i've never heard of the philadelphia experiment too so this is pretty much the only thing they've ever done director david burton morris also credited as a co-writer uh Again, really struggled to come up with anything notable for them. They made a lot of made-for-TV movies. Not that that's a bad thing. There's some really good made-for-TV movies out there, uh, including several music-centric ones such as And the Beat Goes On, The Sunny and Cher Story, and Come On, Get Happy, The Partridge Family Story. <laughs> I haven't seen any of those. I can't imagine the quality is very high. As stars, we're going to talk about Gavin O'Hurley. Uh, he played Chuck Cunningham in 10 episodes of Happy Days. Eric and Willow and a police officer in two episodes of Twin Peaks. I'm not sure exactly where, but I'm going to mention Twin Peaks every time I see it on IMDb. Uh, bringing up the second building, Ruth DeSouza uh, and Jones in the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. She played a secretary in Hook and a ticket agent in planes, trains and automobiles. Like I said, folks, not a ton to talk about with these people. Uh, And rounding out the cast in the third spot, Paul Lieber. Just a lot of really short stints on TV. Uh, The two longest being for Barney Miller and Dallas, which were four episodes each. So not a lot of big hitters. Hopefully next week changes that. I have
2: one thing to note, guys, and I could sound like a complete idiot with this. So forgive me. It's totally fine if you guys don't even see this. But Gavin O'Herlihy you know thought he was great in this episode we're gonna get to it i literally thought that this was julian sands when the episode started I, <laughs> I i don't know like i there is some some likeness there and i quickly realized it was not but upon it starting i was like oh it's fucking warlock what and uh no it, it was not
0: it is not i thought it w- might have been the uh Privy principle from ferris bueller's day off but it is also not him <laughs> oh. <laughs> let's get into television terror
1: the episode itself guys we did it we broke through because this episode opens up with podcasting cryptkeeper <laughs>
0: Okay, hey. he's really a radio
1: DJ, but still, but yes, if you find listeners at home are wondering how our buddy Crypty is doing the introduction for Hars from the Vault and the outro, when I say kick it, uh, Crypt Keeper, this is how he's doing it. He's talking into the the megaphone, he's doing his bits. Uh, It's It's glorious.
0: After the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger appearance, I was really hoping for a Howard Stern appearance here, but no, nah, it didn't happen. <laughs>
1: Damn, that's a Howard That's Stern a good point. Another two women for the boob count, the ultimate yeah. boob count for <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. But yes, yeah, sadly not, and... Once again, I know he's a radio DJ. It's funny, but I like to imagine him as he's doing his podcast thing. I want to see him sell me Manscaped. I want to see him sell <laughs> me Squarespace, um, Blue Apron. <laughs> I just want to see him do all of those advertisements.
0: I want to tell and me we... about installing the cameras in his house. Yes. Safe. <laughs> oh, shit. We I need, want him uh, to do the Joe Rogan mics. ad
1: read. Oh yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, that way, we can do the Joe Rogan uh, ad read where he's talking about all the fucking meat that he gets shipped to his house. Oh,
2: God,
0: don't you worry. Know my there's pa- my there's parents... a lot more
1: Joe Rogan to come in this episode. <laughs> oh. My parents
0: bought us bought us a box of meat one year for Christmas through one of those deals because uh, we eat vegetarian during the week, and they did it because they think we're too poor to buy meat. Um, no. We're not poor. It's a choice. (laughs) Uh, We can afford meat.
1: (laughs) That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Folks, Preston, and I have been friends with Dan for several years at this point, and <laughs> we did not know the vegetarian during the week thing. We have never discussed this before. <laughs> we don't discuss food very often. It's mostly DVDs and toys. But, but uh, <laughs> wait, we're we're
2: overshadowing the real story here, Hunter. His parents thought it was a <laughs>
0: choice because they were broke. Like no, no, no. They thought it, we were forced into it because we they thought, we right, were still poor. right. I thought you were forced into it because you were
2: poor
0: so
1: i, I like to I, dan i like to imagine your poor mother she's sobbing at the door as you bring in another four hundred dollar lego set and she's like honey you need <laughs> new protein you, you can't eat that eat every now and
0: then. diagon Diagonally looks really great but wouldn't you like some steaks <laughs> some sirloin <laughs> <laughs> sorry. sorry to derail but yeah just thought about that it's phenomenal.
1: Honey, honey, stop buying Funko Box. You need to more beef.
0: <laughs> I was so part 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 of our decision to make that decision was that it's was uh because I was three hundred pounds at almost three hundred pounds at one point, and uh, part of eating healthier was switching to vegetarian. So I think she thinks maybe oh we just decided to spend money on Funko Pops and it caused me <laughs> to lose eighty pounds. Um, no, <laughs> she she'll she'll never give me credit for actually like nutting up and doing something hard. Uh, it was probably because we we couldn't afford to be fat anymore.
1: Well. <laughs> it's uh you know but now you've got some really well sculpted legs if you want to hear more about Mm -hmm. dan and i's workout regime go listen to a previous episode entitled the switch we give all you beefy boys uh, a couple (laughs) hints on how to get some fantastic legs man just thick ass calves that's right
2: fantastic man legs (laughs)
1: Preston, Dan, have you ever been a jealous lover? Maybe in your case, Preston, maybe it was your high school sweetheart who helped the nerd in the hallway pick up his books after you just slapped them to the floor. Or Dan, (laughs) uh, maybe you were wondering who the fuck is Wendy uh, when Beth says she's picking up food. Or maybe your woman just got back in from a four-hour shopping trip with Alan. Look, Richard, he's a jealous man, and his wife, Della, just came in with a swanky new coat. And to add fuel to that fire, it's their wedding anniversary. Guys, if your wife is out on your anniversary (laughs) getting expensive gifts from another man, (laughs) it might be a problem, and it might be time to move on. They have a pretty swanky house, but you know what they ain't got? Kids can't can't make the kids and Richard feels very insecure about this but his wife assures him that everything is going to be a-okay so the next morning how do they get over this trauma they take a yacht out on Alan, at Alan's request <laughs> and Alan knowing that trauma is afoot and this is a tough situation for the two of them at home places his gentle little hand on her knee and asserts that he should have tried harder for della which Hmm. is super weird incredibly weird what the fuck all right you have the introduction let's talk a little bit about the (gasps) setup of this episode oh you go dan
0: Listen, this guy. I don't know what happened before the camera turned on for this episode, but he is at full speed already. Dude is acting like his wife got flipped by a swing dancer at a wedding, uh, <laughs> and oh I'm not God. gonna. I'm not gonna say that he's completely wrong because right, Della's Del smooching on cheeks. He's putting hands on legs. And listen, I'm pretty sure that in in the subtext of this episode, they were actually cheating on him with each other <laughs> and, and very possibly he was going to have to have, uh, Alan's baby and they were going to say, Oh no, it's his baby. Maybe because Alan didn't want to fork over the money for it. I don't know, but man, dude, dude ain't wrong that he might have to be a little jealous of this guy. Oh my God.
2: Okay. So here's my thing. I kept telling myself like, listen. Like personally, I I I was I have been okay, the jealous type, and I'm talking about literally like in high school. Okay, like so I I have been when, there, done that. Your
1: I am significant other picked up those books, that yeah. You just slapped to <laughs>
2: the floor right. when I was a complete <laughs> dick.
1: You and, you were a uh, Flash
2: Thompson, yeah, all like five foot five of me in high school being a bully. <laughs> That's right. Um. No. So it's like, you know, I'm trying to like, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to do with this. All I know is I, I'm, I'm looking at the episode. And I'm like, is he, is he being too harsh? Like, is he, uh, you know, maybe he just needs to take a step back, kind of calm down. Well, fuck that. All right. This dude is boning his wife. I am convinced of it. You You can't convince me otherwise. What the hell is going on here? Like he's trying to convince himself it's something, you know, it's something's not going. His wife's trying to convince him. Dude, all right, you're getting handsy with his wife. You guys are going out, uh, you know, privately. You're spending all this money on their I,
1: wedding anniversary. On their
2: fucking anniversary. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm just, I'm gonna leave it at this. But I was to the point within the first literally like six to seven minutes of this episode where I'm like. Look, I'm expecting a twist somewhere down the line, you know, as you can expect, it's it's tales from the crypt, but I don't even give a damn at this point what that twist is. Uh, this is fishy. All right. And, and something is going down. Um, I mean, wow, dude needs to grow a pair and get the hell up out of this.
1: Guys, I was going to save this for a little bit later. I wasn't going to show <laughs> my hand this early. This is probably the worst written episode we have talked <laughs> about so far. This episode is a disaster. I get that the whole point is there's a twist at the end, which we're going to talk about that. There is nothing in this episode that makes me believe that, you know, in the context of revenge and passion and everything like that, Richard was not justified. In, and look, murder's bad. I'm not, I'm not saying murder's murder. <laughs> Richard, Richard am I supposed to blame the guy this is by far the biggest fucking fuck up that <laughs> tales from the crib has done so far it is a complete train wreck when it comes to storytelling and uh that is going to reflect on my review at the very end but I do not like this story whatsoever. I do not think it's clever. I think it's amusing with how this episode gaslights the fuck out of you. But besides that, oh my god, I could not stand this
0: one. Oh no! Well, we're Dude, gonna get to this once we get to the I, reviews. Uh,
2: we're gonna get yeah, we're gonna get to this. I, I feel like Dan and I might be on similar pages with yeah. this.
1: Okay. Well, look. So uh Richard, he is moping like the beta <laughs> male that he is. He's clearly never listened to Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> uh, hey, also,
2: and- let me let me say this. I forgot to give this in my opening spiel. The the term baby back bitch came to my head with him <laughs> this entire episode. All right. I'm just gonna lay that out there
1: right now. I just like to think you're sitting there in the comfort of your basement Preston you like, I need my baby back baby back baby back bitch um, <laughs> so richard you know they get to this cab and he's refusing to play card games with the other two and he wanders out to the dock and meets this mysterious foreign man who talks about <laughs> his failed marriage history and gives richard some liquor to dull the pain of getting cooked in the same cabin that john candy once thrived in <laughs> this is the same cabin in a miraculous turn of events, this is the third episode we have talked about the great outdoors. Sorry, yeah, Dan Aykroyd is. and John Candy. Uh, yes, exact same cabin, folks. Surprise. Um, so the two of them, meaning Alan and Della, they're having a private conversation downstairs while Richard is asleep in the bedroom upstairs about how life will be better soon. And and I quote, it'll all be over tomorrow what the fuck is Richard
0: supposed to do (laughs) by the way two things in this scene a she knowing the twist ending she is having a nice drink which is inappropriate for her current condition good point catch that also dude is still too fucking handsy and ain't nobody around
1: he grabbed (laughs) yeah
0: yeah and we saw like him
1: kiss her earlier yeah man
2: (sighs) I I am so glad that, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, at the end of this, we may not all be on the same page, but I am so glad that I, yeah, that you guys are with me on this. This shit was weird
1: yes incredibly weird (laughs) this is such a strange episode
0: (laughs) out of all the weird episodes we've covered with like hookers getting their beauty stolen and uh, things hosted by a little skeleton man this is probably the most bizarre episode we've seen there is no
1: nuance there is no story like you know what i was watching this i was like man I bet Hitchcock would have knocked this one out of the park, but this is not a Hitchcock production. Um, This is a 20 minute episode of the episode trying to be like, Hey, um, at the end, he's the bad guy. He fucked up after all of these signs pointing at, no, this is his disaster. And this poor guy, has spent God knows how long staying up countless nights wondering where his wife is on their wedding anniversary when she shows up in a paycheck that costs anywhere between six to ten uh, she show wait what the fuck am I saying she, up, <laughs> she, shows up, she shows up she shows up in a jacket that costs six to ten of his paychecks what is he supposed to do <laughs> Oh God! Oh, God. So Richard he wakes up the next morning after seeing this little rendezvous, and uh, he he starts digging around in the cabinets, and he finds some sexy little negligee. We'll we'll return to that later. But Della and Alan are gone, preparing for whatever their big surprise is they eventually come back and he explains to Alan that he's down on his luck and he's picking up at the dive bar to make ends meet. He's no longer selling insurance. This is a terrible time. His wife is out supposedly fucking you, you know, it's a mess. And Richard (laughs) just freaks out and Della leaves in tears. Uh, He remarks in this part, which I thought might show up as one of Dan's favorite quotes, Mm, but maybe not. Um, I think so. It's it's, I'm the asshole. Mm -hmm. You're the one who's fucking my wife. (laughs) And I believe that's a Fleetwood Mac lyric.
0: Um, Hey, I'm the (laughs)
1: asshole. You're the one
0: fucking my wife. The delivery is top notch. (laughs) Hey, he also
1: has a great little evil laugh in this scene as well. He does. The only redemption I have for this episode is that Gavin... He really plays up the Jack Torrance angle of this very well. He's got a (laughs) very uh, sickeningly sweet madness to him that is fun to watch.
0: And that's why I love it, because when he starts going, he goes all the fucking way and he is (laughs) unhinged. Homie is unhinged in the last third of this episode. He's just like, fuck it whatever i might not be on another tv episode i'm going for it and that was <laughs> that was probably true <laughs> Um oh.
1: i do want to bring up that the uh the hispanic man uh dante DeAndrea, he is in a cult horror movie which has actually become pretty easy to find thanks to a blu-ray release not that long ago uh he is in phantom of the mall eric's revenge and oh, he's shit. the guy that is bitten in the dick by the cobra. <laughs> so, fun little Damn. fun little horror movie history there for you. Very important guy bitten in dick by cobra. That's right. <laughs> bitten in dick by cobra. Richard, he finally snaps and uses a crossbow on Alan's traitorous flesh, puncturing his heart. And a short time later, Richard emerges from the shadows doing his best Buffalo Bill impersonation, wearing (laughs) his wife's Alan's coat. Alan is now hanging like a trophy piece from the wall, and Della regrets ever letting him touch her knee softly and seductively.
0: (laughs) Listen. Out of all the bad ideas in this episode, the worst idea might be leaving your jealous, lush friend around all of the weapons hanging on the walls with live ammunition.
1: <laughs> you know where they say Ballad. be proactive, lock up your stuff when it's not in use. Um, this this makes a good case for it. <laughs> I just like how your... else when he's oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go on ahead, Preston.
2: I just like when he's, like, being approached, you know, with the crossbow, like, hey, that's loaded. Like, you're damn right this thing is loaded. I'm about (laughs) to
1: use it on your ass. Right, right. He just cannot believe that his friend who has obviously been very clear about his jealousy issues and wondering of what's going on yet continuously puts his hands all over his wife and provides very expensive (laughs) gifts to why he would be reacting this way and the sheer just like why are you doing this i don't understand um first class first class just straight up ignorance (laughs)
0: He also compares uh, Della to a dying animal when she comes, which is very disturbing.
1: God. I wish we could have heard it. There's been enough sex scenes in Tales from the Queen. Yeah. Could, we, could we have gotten this actress to do a couple? I mean, we got a sex scene
0: here, just not a very good one. Yeah. Richard breaks down
1: the door where Della is hiding, you fucking whore, and decides <laughs> to jump out of a second story window. Not Richard. Della jumps out of the second story window. That's right. Sadly, Halloween 6 broken... style. Yes, exactly. I was thinking Friday the 13th uh, part 4 as well. Oh, there you go. Yep, yep. yep. Um, sadly her broken legs were in vain because Richard just turns a corner and immediately catches up to her and uh, strangles her with that previously mentioned sultry piece of negligee. And he drags her body across the dock, which is a really fun shot, by the way, I love watching him drag that body with the cabin framed in the background and stumbles into the other cabin where he finds out he's going to be a dad and everything ends happy and everyone has a great time. The end. The end um just kidding no that didn't happen he comes through the door his wife is dead he finds out he was going to be a father paternity test might be needed but you know who knows what was <laughs> going to happen there but uh the shock of oh, she's dead and then the fade to black we get no conclusion here it just fades to black straight into Crypt
0: Keeper. by the way i got some bad news for you guys He was going to fuck that corpse because as he's dragging it across the dock, he says, come on, let's go start working on that baby again. (laughs) Oh no. no. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's not good. Oh my God. God. Fellas,
2: can we just, let's just talk about this for a second. So this, this is where like, this was just a giant WTF for me because it's like, Okay, I enjoy the twist, like dark as shit, obviously. He just killed his pregnant wife. But I'm like, what the hell in what we've seen for the last you know 25 minutes, what makes any of that okay? Like it, it none of it is justified. Like okay, let's put the freaking murder to the side here. Like you said, Hunter, we don't need to be murdering our spouse under any circumstance. okay, so don't get me wrong here. But like what does her having? what is her being pregnant? justify any of the behavior with the best friend and i think that's probably what you were getting at hunter
1: i'm not yeah, sure where you're going Wait, where that are you going here Preston. what i'm getting at Preston? well no is... i i'm go ahead oh i was just going to say yes obviously i'm not even saying that anyone should murder <laughs> of their course other, of course their wife well actually no <laughs> well, you know in some countries it's totally okay uh, <laughs> It's a very American point of view that we have in the <laughs> conversation. You can tell these are very European-esque That's culture. Right, that's continental. No, but my whole point is, Preston, yes. Exactly what you're saying, where, hey, look, I get it. There's a twist ending here. And yes, it supposedly was supposed to have the happy ending. But there is nothing in this story that makes <laughs> any of this all right whatsoever it's like right. we're supposed to completely forgive the overt flirtatiousness and general weirdness from his previous best friend uh <laughs> just because they were planning a surprise party and i do think dan i think you brought it up as a joke or maybe it was you Preston. but there's no promise that's even his kid which i think maybe is like my mari frame of thinking i get that's what the story that's is kind a of a good applying, point. but like that totally could be Alan's kid. We don't know. Um I'm sure.
0: No, that yeah. wasn't a joke. I'm serious. I really think like subtext wise, these two were boning down and that might be his kid.
1: Uh Dan, I feel like you had some thoughts there that we just kind of <laughs> tore through. Uh
0: no, I I mean, yeah, this ends in a real WTF moment. The, although the uh <laughs> the shots are very good of the party guests realizing what the hell's going on. That was a lot of fun. <laughs>
1: There's uh, I know how I'm entering my next uh, baby shower. event. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we're, we're not even not even baby reveal event baby shower. We're, yep. we're, we're going for the late effect. Um, closing Crypt Keeper. I love this closing Crypt Keeper moment because party boy Crypt Keeper. This is how I want to be perceived at every single uh, party situation or get together. <laughs> just having a fucking blast he's got streamers he's got balloons he's got his funny little hat if i don't look like this and a couple of weeks on my own birthday someone put me out of my misery
0: also <laughs> he's got a noisemaker that i'm not 100 percent sure how they made a puppet make the noisemaker oh, go yeah good point that, right. that that's not a face with a with with a breathing apparatus that's a puppet um so I'm guessing it's something because they do try to hide the hand fairly quickly. I'm guessing it's like a just a quick little air gun in the hand uh, hidden that they take to the side. But yeah, go watch that part again because I love that little that little gag and the yeah. zoom in zoom in on his face at the very end too is very EC comics.
1: We've taken it kind of for granted. Not that we don't always appreciate these Crypt Keeper segments. Like, it's important that we bring them up on every single episode. But when you were watching the Cryptkeeper, it's so easy to forget what a marvel mm-hmm. of puppeteering and engineering that thing is. Because we were truly in the master heyday of animatronic puppets. Um, and Crypt Keeper is possibly the best to ever do it. Uh, he is incredibly lifelike and that's what i mean when i say we kind of forget about it because it just is the crypt keeper you don't think of him any other way yes all right (laughs) last respects our final thoughts on the episode i don't know where you guys are sitting let me i I, i'm gonna go first this time yeah you go Um, first yeah uh i i am sitting at 1.5 severed thoughts oh oh, shit I hated this episode and I know there's worse to come and look, there are moments to liken this, namely the lead performance. He does a very good, uh, like I said, almost Jack Torrance moment uh, turn later on, but his mopiness and bitchiness and just the way that this episode I'm going to use that word again, gaslights us into thinking that everything was all right because they had this big surprise at the end. I hate the story for this episode. <laughs> I don't think from a story perspective, there is not a single episode we've covered so far that I dislike more than this one. Wow. So yeah, wow. 1.5, have- one and a
0: half. I want Preston to go second because I'm going between two ratings. Dude, I am
2: too. Oh my God. I am going between two ratings. Um, All right. I'll go ahead. Oh my God. I freaking love this episode. Like I, I love it because of how just insane it is. Like maybe, maybe I'm taking like the opposite stance from Hunter because what's funny is like we agree like on, we, we kind of agree like with all the things of the episode, like But for some reason, like, it just hit with me, dude. I don't know if it was just so funny to me or what the hell came across. I mean, I I will say, on a serious note, like, I really did dig the performance by Gavin O'Hurley. Like, he was, like you said, he was so damn mopey. And then as Dan said, you know, the last third or quarter of the episode. He is like truly unhinged in my opinion, in like the best way, like not giving a fuck. He's killing everybody, taking everybody out with him. Oh my God. Um, all right. Oh, I'm going to give this a 4.0 out of five. I swear. I want to go a little higher to be honest, wow. as insane as that sounds. I, really liked the hell out of this episode. Uh, But I'm going to be conservative, which sounds hilarious to you, Hunter, probably based on how high that rating is. But yeah, 4.0 is uh, where I'm going to go. Severed thumbs out of five. Dan, let's hear it. All right.
0: I'm going to go three and a half then, because I was going between three and three and a half, and I thought Hunter might kick me off the show if I went three and a half. But seeing that you went four, fuck it, three and a half, I agree 1000 percent. dude is unhinged this performance <laughs> is just camp as fuck I've, i know i've used that that term a bunch but it, it's campy as hell um melodramatic just off the fucking chain this guy is they didn't hold back on any of the dialogue anything um yeah there's no big effects moments there's no real big deaths um you know, not fancy deaths at least they're pretty standard uh, horror affair but just the performance and the unhinged writing and directing yeah three and a half
1: look guys i'm not <laughs> mad
0: i'm just upset
1: i'm just <laughs> upset we can't I'm do the show so anymore uh, you know when we relaunch ours from the vault in a month with two <laughs> different voices that are just me doing preston and dan impressions <laughs> um you'll know why. no seriously like I'm glad it worked for you guys. I just could not get over how <laughs> dumb this episode. Like, I don't know. You know that fucking... <laughs> you know, Zoolander? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, that's <laughs> that's me with this episode trying to convince me that there's a good story here. And I'm glad oh, no. you guys embraced no. the... Yes, I know. There's I not know.
0: a good story, and that's <laughs> why glad it's great. I'm you guys right?
1: embraced the zaniness and the stupidity of it, but man maybe i'm too self-serious when it comes to this i could not do it i (laughs) it is (laughs) not what i'm after in my tales from the crypt stuff it's
0: disappointing this could have been one of our highest rated episodes
1: that's right Uh, i just tanked it what what do we have a three average yeah something like that yeah maybe a 2.5 who knows i'm not Um, doing math right now come on guys more than ever we need your input on an episode. Like, please hit up the social media channels. Let us know if you love your entertainment with a lot of cuck action. Like if that works (laughs) for you, let us know. I want to know more about it. I want to (laughs) watch. This like, Um, this so reminded me of the
2: hypothetical situation where a guy is like, yeah, we should totally have a three-way. It's going to be the best. And then he wakes up the next day and is just like, what have I done with my life? <laughs> you know, that, that that's the equivalent. Uh, this episode of Tales from the Crypt, or Tales from the Cuck. There we go.
1: Tales from the Cuck. <laughs> well, if you've been listening to Horrors from the Cuck, you know, like always, <laughs> how we've got to end up our podcast episodes. Uh, so, Petrified Cucky Preston, <laughs> where can folks oh, keep up with you?
2: Oh, oh God, I'm all over the place. Uh let's see here. A letterboxed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Uh letterboxed at Preston967. Oh God, I'm on Twitter under the same. I'm on Facebook. I I you know the deal. Just just seek seek it out. It it'll be there.
1: Absolutely. Dan, when you're not too busy enjoying a nice cuck session, where can folks keep up with you?
0: <laughs> oh, Guys if if you're a parent listening to this podcast for whatever reason with your children, I apologize for this episode because <laughs> you're going to have to answer some questions. Uh, what are we doing? Oh yeah. We're ta- I, Yeah. Um, if you want to complain about how you have to explain to your, your 12 year old, what, uh, what cucking is, uh, please reach out to us at <laughs> horror vaultpod at gmail.com or any of our social uh, media channels. That's, you know, Twitter, blue sky, Instagram threads, all those good shits horror vault pod uh if you want to keep up with me personally daniel p sims at letterboxd all the good movie reviews and all kinds of weird pictures and word bullshit at twitter instagram all the same socials at red right dan thank you sorry about the cuck. As someone who doesn't participate in any cucking whatsoever, as
1: you can tell by the grade that I gave this episode, I'm That's crazy right. sharing my my uh my nonsensical and unimportant thoughts on letterbox. You can find me at discount Vincent Price. Uh we are in the depths of November at this point, but I'm still watching spooky movies uh so so are these other two guys so go check it out we might got a little bit of holiday flair in there as well uh dan preston you and i we have to promote this or you guys and i i guess um we have to talk about this because for people that might only know us from horrors from the vault every year around this time close to black friday we try to do a little episode where we talk about our favorite physical media releases of the year Mm -hmm. and it is approaching it is that time where we get together to talk about some of our favorite boutique blu-rays
0: mainstream releases all that fun stuff yeah i got a couple that are on the list that came out pretty early in the year i think one technically even came out like at the very butt end of last year so uh check that out to see what mystery titles i'm referring to.
2: Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, same here, man. I I've already got a few picked out. This is one of my favorite episodes to record of the year. We get to gush over physical media, and what better time considering, you know, stupid Netflix just raised their
1: damn prices again. So, get on them discs. It is probably the single most self-indulgent thing we do all year. Um, and thankfully, people end up checking these out. I don't know if they're Blu-ray fans or just listeners of Groom Grinning Hosts that don't know the trouble that they've got themselves into, but
0: still how, how could it be self-indulgent when one of the biggest retailers in the country is discontinuing physical media next <laughs> it's self-indulgent because
1: we're it. the only ones that want to listen to it so. <laughs> <laughs> and then like always you can check out the other shows that i'm a part of uh, i mentioned grim grinning host you can also find me on the catacombs of halloween horror nights disorder every disney film where this month we are covering the nightmare before christmas big 30th anniversary that also got a pretty stunning 4k release this year and then uh what, what's the other show i do i do another show uh i catacombs? guess this one yeah horrors from the vault i brought up catacombs i got that okay thank you all for listening to this episode of horrors from the vault remember three is a crowd but you only need that many to watch someone else fuck your <laughs> wife <laughs> <laughs> Bieber, let's get out of here the vault. Hey, what's going <laughs> on guys? <laughs> this is this is horrors from the vault, bitch. What the fuck is up? Why the fuck are you here? That's what I want to ask. Up. Halloween is over. Nobody gives a fuck about our Cripkeeper asses. In fact, I shoved an entire Cripkeeper animatronic up my ass for Halloween this year. <laughs> <laughs>